Hey, this is Vanessa. I'm the Prevention Services Coordinator at King County Sexual Assault Resource Center, or KSARC. This is Building Resilience, a project with the purpose of equipping people with what they need to end sexual violence. So at one point or another, you will hear me gush about how much I love peer education as a general practice and as a method in enacting social change, like violence prevention. It's been a common practice in the field of health education and is effective because we know that people tend to be receptive to learning from and with others who may share similar experiences or background to them. In this episode, I'm very excited for you to meet this year's amazing Relationship and Sexual Violence Prevention, or RSVP, peer educators who work out of the Green River College's Violence Prevention Center. In this episode, you'll hear from the RSVP peer educators directly, and in our next episode, I chat with their facilitator, Kelsey Behrens, about the logistics and work that went in behind the scenes. My name is Candice. I'm really excited to be here. I am a um intern at the Violence Prevention Center. I'm currently pursuing a Master of Social Work at the University of Washington. I'm Isabel, or some people call me Abel. Um, I'm an international student from Indonesia, and I'm also a peer educator for the, or the R, an RSVP peer educator for the Violence Prevention Center here at Green River College. Hi everyone, my name is Ash. Uh, I'm a peer educator. Uh, Green River College at the Violence Prevention Center. Hi, everybody. Uh, my name's Tori. I'm a RSVP peer educator at Green River College. I'm also a Running Start student from Cambridge High School. Awesome. Thank you all. Um, so maybe we can start by just having you all share um, an overview of what it means to be a peer educator. What does that role look like? And like, what is peer education? So this is Candace. I want to make sure I give space to the peer educators and everything. But um, when I think of a peer educator team, like when I first um was offered this placement, I was really interested because I think there's a lot of power in peer education because I think people connect best, something's printing in the background, with um, with people who are, are similar to them. So I think really what this program has is a, is, is a powerful ability to just relate to people, at, uh, the students at Green River College on a greater level because you are in the same boat essentially. So it's just an, I think it's, it's great because it's another way to educate people without coming from a faculty uh, position of power where the, the dynamic is a little off with this. It's more like a, an even playing field. Yeah. I think I'm on, I'm on the same boat as well, Candice too. Um, for me, peer educating is really about um, being able to connect better with the people you're talking to. So in this case, we talk to a lot of students and in this case, like, um, we want to build that connection with the students. And what better way to have someone who is experiencing the same thing in the same spot socially. Um, and in this case, uh, as a student in Green River, um, you can connect with a lot, of, a lot more um, of the people that you're talking to, especially during events. Because I think um, for me, I've realized that uh, a lot of my friends who have uh, experienced some personal violence are too afraid to, you know, meet faculty members, to go up to directors to 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 talk about things like this. And um, there was no better way to kind of 
um, help that situation than having peer educators because, like I said, um, it brings that social uh, barrier um, like down a bit closer, like it brings it down a little bit. So it kind of connects people a little bit more, uh, get them a bit more comfortable. But yeah. I think for me, it's uh, one thing I, I always remember is that um, the three of us here, peer educators, we're all very passionate about this topic and we want to do something about it. So I believe that our role is to really make a change here and try to advocate for um, interpersonal violence prevention and to educate and empower the um, Green River student body. And that begins by, you know, educating ourselves and then passing on that information to really show others uh, what they can do about it as well. Awesome. Thank you all for sharing um, about peer education. I definitely agree that it's a very powerful um, way to enact culture change. And I really um, appreciate that you all brought up points of like how peer educators can bring something really unique to a campus environment. Um, do you think that there's any needs that exist at Green River College that your group specifically meets? For me, um, definitely, because I mean, Green River has quite a big amount of international students that come in too. We have running start students, we've got um, you know high school completion students from overseas, and um, that like that chase that Green River has um, to try to get students to to mingle, like international domestic students to mingle and stuff like that, and a lot of things like this tend to slip through the cracks. Like um, the the idea of understanding what uh, violence prevention is, what uh, interpersonal violence is, tends to slip through the cracks a little bit. So I think um, we are able to kind of um, fit in <laughs> and kind of, I guess you could say, um, educate um, a lot of the people, Ingrid and the students especially, um, and maybe even some faculty members really, um, about interpersonal violence and um, how to identify it, how to stop it, how to overcome it, and really just to understand it and not alone. Because um, I think uh, Isabel, uh, Tori, and I, we had this conversation quite a while ago too, but Isabel said that um, it, sometimes when students come from in, like from other countries, um, things like interpersonal violence, uh, sexual violence, tend to be something that's taboo. They don't talk about it. And it's kind of like, if it happens, you just kind of keep quiet. But... Um, in Green River, I think we've all we've kind of pushed to have it uh, be out there a little bit more to to be something common and something normal for you to talk about and seek help. And I think that's like the best part of it, and I think that's what um, like as peer educators, uh, as a team, we we kind of feed, like feed that um, hole that Green River has you know, when it comes to that. Yeah, Ash brings up a great point about how diverse of an array of students and population there is at Green River. We've got a huge running start um, population. So there's kids in high school that are interacting with kids in college and having to experience that. And it can be so intimidating as a running start student to reach out to college faculty members or just to talk to 
just people that are so much older and experienced than you. And it can be so intimidating and scary. So being able to talk to peer educators, people that are on your level, you know, I'm a running start student. So I totally get that intimidation and fear that comes with being on a college campus at such a young age. So being able to talk to people that are, you know, socially understand where you are and Ash and Abel are our international students, so they understand um, the different, excuse me, the different um, problems that come with that and the different like issues that arise with that. So it's so important that to reflect a diverse array um, of people at Green River, we are a diverse uh, group here as peer educators. Absolutely. That's a really good point um, that you two brought up um, about, you know, being accessible to the general student body. Um, And like Ash said, really like lowering those barriers for survivors to seek help um, and to talk about these things. I guess I should have asked this earlier, but what does it look like to be a peer educator just like day to day if people are like, okay, you know, we, we get that you are passionate about ending interpersonal violence, but like, what does that look like on the ground? I think um, it's important to recognize that we are not going into this as experts and we are learning and we're doing trainings as we go. And we've got awesome like guidance from people like Kelsey, Candice, and Kate who are just really guiding us here, but we're not going into this as experts. I feel like, you know, day to day, all we want to do is learn and use use that new knowledge to help other people uh, with their situations and anything that, any new information that they want to learn. Um, but I feel like just as like being a peer educator, all we want to do is learn more for ourselves Um, teach other people what we learned and empower those people to know that they can make a difference just like we are. Yeah, I think um, Tori brought up a good point that, you know, we're not experts. We're also students and we're always trying to um, balance our work and school life. So just like any other student, we'd be, you know, doing our assignments, but at the same time, We have meetings three times a week, and um, that's always to check in and see our progress. What are we we learning from our trainings? Like, we actually had a training with Vanessa, which was super um, helpful and super um, informative. I think we had a great discussion then. And, you know, on the other times that we have meetings, we're trying to develop our content and presentations to really curate what's important to tell um, and pass on to the other students that we're talking to. Yeah, I think for me, it's 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 the same thing too. Like, uh, like I couldn't say it better than Tori and Isabel. But um, end of the day, we are students first. Like, um, like my I remember um, my dad used to tell me like, if you're a a leader in school, you got to remember that you're a student leader. You're a student first, and then you're a leader second. So you should always prioritize your studies. But, you know, for us, the three of us um, are students who are really, really passionate about um, PAD, uh, about sorry, about violence prevention and trying to kind of educate people. And um, 
that for us it's it it gets draining um you know trying to learn as much as you can because we like tori and isabel said too we aren't experts we are still in the learning process we're just a bunch of people who are passionate about educating people about violence uh, about interpersonal violence and um it gets tiring, you know, trying to keep up with school, trying to trying to learn new things uh, and keep the ball going. But I think the the idea of being able to help as many people as we can is kind of what's pushing um, all of us on, really, um, through the stress, through all the, the messy schedules we have. Um, and luckily for, for me especially, um, I think uh, Tori, Isabel, even Kelsey... Candice as well, uh, like everyone's really passionate about what they do, so that makes a lot of things really, uh, really easy. Awesome! Thank you all for sharing. Um, and I definitely want to also acknowledge like the emotional labor it takes to be doing this work while you are also full time students, right? <laughs> so, um, yeah, thank you all for you know spending your time doing this. Um. I guess my next question is, you know, not just, you know, I think we often talk about, you know, taking care of ourselves when we as individuals do this work and how practicing self-care is really important. Um, but what role should the colleges be playing in preventing violence? Um, right. I think about how much power institutions can have in really shaping, you know, the culture of a school, um, but what are your thoughts on, yeah, what colleges can do better? I think just educating their students on what resources they already have is something that can be powerful because we did a training with Kelsey on different policies and resources that were at Green River. And quite honestly, I didn't know about a good majority of them. They're not, it's not like it's just plastered on everything, but yeah, I think the college could do a better job at just reinforcing those practices and those um, resources uh, and letting students know about them because it's so hard when you're experiencing something like that. You don't want to have to go on a treasure hunt to find something to help you find a resource. They should be readily available and you, I feel like students should already know about them, but we're not putting enough out there, um, especially with policy, I feel, because there are policies at Green River that, um, you know, enforce violence prevention, but many students don't know about them or they just, they see the description and it's way too long and it's just in like uncomprehensible. So making those things more accessible for students would be, I think, a great first step to that. I think I'm pretty much on the same boat with Tori when it comes to that too. Like, um, there really isn't uh, much, I guess you could say, word going around about the Violence Prevention Center or the Counseling Center, really. Um, people don't really know that these resources exist, really. Um, like I know when I first started uh, as a peer educator for the Violence Prevention Center, I had friends who go like, you're a what? I was like, I'm a peer educator. And they're like, 
for who? And I'm like, for the violence prevention center. And then they're like, what? We have one? And I'm like, yeah. And that went on for a while because people were like, wait, what? And it goes to show really, and it's not even like international students, there's domestic students too. So it's kind of like, oh, yeah. Like, why don't you know about this? Like, you've been here for like two years now. And like, oh, yeah, I didn't know. So it's kind of like, uh, the school can do a way better job of that, you know? Like, just trying to get the, the word out. Like, hey, these things exist. Like, if you don't, even if it's a bigger mat- matter and it's like something that the school doesn't, that I can't handle, then, you know, there's always the possibility of kind of linking them to external um, violence prevention centers. Like, I know um, there are a bunch of places that will willingly help, you know? Um, and there just isn't much talk about it. There isn't much education about violence prevention and its interpersonal violence, like, uh, or bystander intervention too. Like, there really isn't much information or education going out um, to, to people. So, like, the school can really do a lot more uh, when it comes to these things. Like, even um, me starting off with educating you know, faculty members too, like, that can be a stepping stone. Um, you know, like having them know about things would be a bit better because I know some students like I've talked to, um, they are very comfortable with their professors and like they, they trust their professors a lot because like, you know, some of the, some of the students I know have taken classes with the same professor for nearly a year. So they basically spent a whole year with that professor and they built this kind of emotional connection with this professor. And that's the most person they're most comfortable with. And I think maybe if some if some faculty members or professors actually had the training or edu- education, um, it'll be kind of situation where they know what to do better, you know, like how to, how to help out a little bit better, um, when to step in, when to kind of just give advice and step away. And yeah, I think the Green River is still quite a long way to go, but um, it's getting there slowly but surely. Um, I think for me, what I believe Green River could do better is that, at least from my personal experience, I was a senator for the, um, I still am a senator for the student government at Green River, and that's how I found out about Kelsey and the Violence Prevention Center. Um, but prior to that, I didn't even know that there were resources for these, um, for interpersonal violence and relationship violence and being an international student coming to America, the culture is very different. Like um, in Asia, you know, as Ash said earlier, these topics are pretty much taboo and um, there's a lot of um, victim blaming and things like that, which makes it very hard to talk about these things. And coming to America, we have a completely different mindset from the culture here. So I think that something that, Green River or a lot of institutions could do better is, you know, integrate this types of things into like orientation. So like for international students, we have international student orientation and, you know, it's pretty much like four days. We get to go camping. Um, We get to like have a mini field trip to Seattle. And I don't think that um, that experience should, can be complete if we're not trying to integrate like education about the culture of the environment we're going into to really um, kind of better prepare ourselves for the change that we're about to go through. And, you know, there's a lot of 
for international students at least, there's a lot of platforms or um, different times we could do this because we have a class called IP11 and IP99, which is um, basically preparing us for the kind of the education journey and the assimilating into this new environment. But um, violence prevention isn't really mentioned there except like a little line of under like the resources page, things like that. So I think kind of elaborating more and trying to integrate this um, relation, the RSVP program into um, things like um, orientations would be very, very helpful for not only international students, but also um, Running Start students and students of all ages as well. Yeah, I definitely hear some of what you're saying at even other universities, colleges, even, you know, middle schools and high schools where students are like, you know, we we don't even talk about these things. They don't ever come up. So we don't even realize that there are resources available to us. Maybe we don't even know our rights as students when it comes to feeling safer on campus. Um, and, you know, a lot of students not even maybe hearing the term consent until they get to college and they might hear that in, you know, freshman orientation because, you know, they go over, you know, maybe 15 minutes of, you know, make sure you get consent when you hook up with someone or something like that. Um, so I'm curious what you all think about, like, what prevention should happen before people even step on a college campus. I know that you all have like different cultural experiences, but what are some thoughts? I learned in one of my classes that uh, the Washington state just passed uh, in, it was, would have been last November, um, um, a bill which mandates uh, age appropriate sex education for all kids and um, for all ages. So that's K through 12. And the, the, concern of course was how do we teach young children about sex education and really a lot of what that is with the younger kids is teaching about consent and I think that's really we're going to see a lot of improvement by the time those kiddos get to high school and college because they would have already had that conversation whereas now when I was in school we didn't talk about it until yeah until I was in high school so I think we're gonna we're about to see like a massive change in how consent and, and rape culture shows up in our society. So I think that's a start, but right now it's just about filling the gap for those of us who didn't start learning about it until way later into our education. Yeah, students getting um, from a young age an educate a formal education and training on consent and on sex education is so important because I really do not know if I got any of that formal training um, before I began training as a peer educator for, for the Violence Prevention Center. And that was something that I actively sought out. It wasn't something that was just given to me within my education. So Students that are seeking out these resources and seeking out this education, sure, maybe they're getting that. But with that new bill Candace brought up, it's great that this is going to be within the institution and something that the institution is actively working on. But yeah, I think consent is such a great place to start with young kids because consent is 
everywhere. It's not just within um, intimate relationships. It's with your friends. It's with strangers. Um, but yeah, consent can, is everywhere. And I think students should learn to not be afraid of that topic of consent and be afraid of violence prevention because as um, Abel and Ash were saying earlier, it can totally be seen as taboo and like, oh gosh, this is a scary topic that we don't, you know, we're walking on eggshells here, but starting those open conversations at a younger age will totally bring up the next generation and the next set of students to be open to that sort of stuff and open to learning more and building on that initial education. So Candace, that's great that that bill happened. When it comes to uh, educating people, I think for me, uh, I did come into this with a little bit of um, experience uh, with interpersonal violence and um, uh, like learning about it. Because um, when I was in the military back home, um, we did have talks about interpersonal violence. Um, we did have events too. Um, and I came from an all boys school, so we had talks about, you know, um, how to like ask how to ask for consent, how to ensure that um, you you fully grasp the idea of like what no means no kind of thing. And that was really good. So kind of coming to the US and. Um, fully understanding and fully wrapping my head around how things work here in terms of like socials like social interactions was something really new to me um because like like Isabel and I said previously too um back home um kids don't get like they don't get taught how to like say no or they don't get taught about interpersonal violence back home they really don't because people don't talk about it and parents don't want to talk about it but um, I mean, I was lucky enough to have parents who are extremely open about things. The, my mom is a my, my mom is um, a rebel herself, so um, she's super amazing. And uh, I mean, I've been blessed to to have a family that was really open about it. So um, they were always there to kind of like, hey, that's not right. You should be doing this. Or like, if something if something happened to me, they'd be like, hey, that's not okay. You got to do this you got to make sure, you know, kind of thing like that. And um, that kind of followed me all, like, all the way till here, too. And um, like what Isabel said, too, I learned about the uh, Violent Prevention Center. Uh, I'm actually the chief justice for ASU, the student body. So I found it out, I found out through there, too. And learning and understanding um, more about violence prevention um, was something rather interesting, really. Like learning from Kelsey, learning from Colin, learning from Vanessa, even from like Tori, Isabel, and Candice, and even Caitlin too. Uh, being able to learn from everyone was something that's kind of really, like, really, really good. But I felt as though the more people I spoke to, uh, you kind of realize that people don't really talk about violence prevention very much or sexual violence or literally anything in, along their lines and you kind of realize that more and more people don't have that idea of what it is and you kind of just think like oh crap like how far does it go and i've talked to people who are like 50 or 40 and i'm like telling them they're like oh what really kind of thing and you're like wait so if you don't know 
And I've talked to people who are like 15 and 14 and they're still like, uh, yep, nope. So I'm like, wait, what's going on? So it's it's a scenario of like, who's like, when is it going to start? And I think being able to go like start from high schools or even at home, parents can just go up and like, hey, you know, like, educate your kids, you know, what interpersonal violence is, what consent is, um, what literally like no means no, like what, uh, what can you do in that situation or like how to find friends, how to intervene, stuff like that. All that kind of things can be, can be taught not only in school, but back home. And parents can do that their part by just kind of stepping up and bringing that kind of conversations up. And I feel like it's such a, it's such a, uh, I guess you could say, you could say a taboo thing too. Like, you know, parent, people just don't like talking about it and it should be something more, com- people should be more comfortable talking about because that's the only way it's going to get, I guess you could say, um, somewhat fixed if people get more comfortable with the idea of learning and educating people about things like this and not shying away and being afraid. I also am really proud of all the progress um, that's been made in terms of uh, taking a prevention stance on things like this rather than a treatment after the fact. Um, I know that's really what attracted me to the to the Violence Prevention Center because in the name it says prevention and that really incorporates a lot of that strength-based perspective and prevention rather than treatment, which I think just healthcare in general is really moving in that direction, but especially mental health care as we learn more about it. And, but at the same time, trying to balance what is prevention without placing blame on survivors is a, a slippery slope. But I think we're heading in the right direction and we're still always learning, especially when uh, social media and just the media in general, pop culture has really conditioned us to um, blame survivors along with many other things but I'm really proud of that progress and I think the violence prevention center being present in the Green River College is a testament to that how our culture is really moving towards this harm reduction um, strengths-based prevention framework rather than um kind of ties into the whole carceral reform as well too um rather than kind of with the the treatment after the fact or pursuing the carceral route it's more it's more grassroots in that it's prevention based yeah i think um as candace said i feel like the world and society has kind of improved a lot in terms of you know trying to pursue a more trying to tackle the root of the problem and I think for me uh, before stepping onto campus like a college campus to answer your question uh, I think it's important that you know like everyone said education starts from the beginning and it's not something that should start when you're 18 19 like the conversation about consent I feel like is something that can start definitely from home When I was younger, my mom used to always tell me that, um, you know, if a kid doesn't have manners, then then their parents haven't taught them right. And I think that consent is something that goes into manners. It's just basic human decency and something that can definitely be taught at home from a young age. And as 
Ash said we shouldn't shy away from the conversation and it's something that should be normalized. And, you know, that's definitely difficult in prevention work because it's something that is a change of culture and it's like a reform of how society thinks about this particular issue. But I think that as we move forward, um, making these conversations something that is normal and um, something that's not supposed to be so heavy if that makes sense. Like, it shouldn't be a topic that um, makes you think, it shouldn't be a topic that scares people or parents or schools and instructors away, but rather something that um, is common in the sense that, not that the, not that the issue is light, it's a very heavy um, issue, because of obviously the repercussions from what happens from it but um realizing that we can go back to its roots and have that conversation with young and the the young and the youth to kind of tell them that this is something that's normal to talk about to prevent um such a difficult future when it comes to it Thank you to the Green River College's Violence Prevention Center's RSVP peer educators, Ash, Tori, and Isabel, and the center's intern, Candice, for sharing their expertise for this podcast and for the hard work in working to support survivors and prevent future violence. This podcast was edited and produced by me, Vanessa Corwin, of King County Sexual Assault Resource Center. Find us online at kcsarc.org or on socials at kcsarc. Email us at education at KCSARC. We love to hear from you. Thanks for listening.